0: Welcome to episode 14. It's Giovanna from Bumperleads.com for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time. Today, we are exploring how business owners can tap into their strengths so they can fall in love with their business again. I'm excited to share with you my interview with Deborah Russell. She's a board certified coach and author of the book called I Almost Missed My Life, Don't Miss Yours. <laughs> Clever title. Is this what millennials call FOMO, fear of missing out? Ooh. Deborah has spent over 30 years helping leaders wake up, come alive, and enjoy sharing their unique talents and strengths with the world. And of course, to help others do the same. Deborah also worked closely with the great Tony Robbins as head trainer and general manager of the multi million dollar training organization Robbins Research International. As well as running her private coaching business, Deborah is a master platinum coach for the Tony Robbins companies. She's passionate about inspiring a strengths movement in which individuals and leaders commit to being strengths heroes for themselves and others. So if you've ever been feeling a bit out of whack lately, maybe it's time to stop and listen to this episode. Deborah tells us how we can supercharge our strengths in 21 days so that we can go from feeling like me, to yay in no time. Let's get started. How do you like to start your day? (laughs) Well, I don't
1: have like some awesome thing to answer to that question. I go out of bed because if I let my dog sleep and she's a puppy still and she starts pawing at me and licking my face and I'm like, okay, 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 we'll get up. And uh, she goes out and I feed her. So it's just real normal. And the thing i like to do after I get something to drink, which will either be tea or coffee, is I actually watch the monologue from the Tonight Show, the Jimmy Fallon monologue, because it's about five minutes and it makes me laugh. Yeah, so I like to start my morning with a laugh. Wow.
0: Okay, yes. That's really really good because a few of my guests had a very big long, you know, morning routine. I was like, wow, I am that puts me really in a bad position because i i'm like you i like to start my day very easy (laughs) yes and i can
1: jump up and get going really quickly so i don't yeah for me i've tried all the big long morning routines and everything and i just do better to wake up and look forward to the day enjoy myself hey what the heck
0: (laughs) i i actually would uh told my listeners about you uh briefly before we started this interview And uh, they all pretty much know that you are uh, one of the head coaches uh, at uh, Tony Robbins. And you've been working with Tony Robbins uh, now for about nine or 10 years. Well,
1: I've actually been affiliated with Tony for over 30 years because I worked at the company for a long time. Then I did consulting work for them. And then I started coaching because when we first started, there was no coaching department. That didn't exist. And that so about 14 years ago, I started coaching because I had gone and lived out of the country. And when I came back, I never wanted to get on another airplane again. They had at that time started the coaching department. Yeah. So I've known him since he was 27 years old. Oh, what?
0: (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) But you know what, I listened to an interview that he did with uh, Tim Ferriss. I'm not sure if Mm -hmm. you know Tim Ferriss. And his morning routine was that he would uh, basically jump into this cryogenic chamber, some freezing (laughs) chamber to wake up. That was his morning routine. Well,
1: there is a simpler way to do it, which is take a cold shower. I've I've definitely done cryotherapy. I did it for about a year. I went almost every day, about five times a week. And it was crazy. It's intense. I didn't do that to wake up in the morning, but really and truly for me, the cold shower was way harder than cryotherapy was. There's something about the water hitting your body just was like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) wake (laughs) up. (laughs) Hello. If you want to wake up fast, there you go.
0: (laughs) Cold shower. That's it. Mm -hmm. And so what did you do before meeting Tony? What's your story? What did you do before Tony Robbins?
1: Oh, good grief. Well, it will take way longer than the time we have, but the the longest story short is that I was Ran away from home basically when I was sixteen and got married, and was married and divorced three times by the time I was thirty-one years old. And I did not finish high school. I I had one more class I could have taken in summer and, and graduated, and I just went, yeah, never mind. So I decided when I had my children, especially my son, I wanted a job where I didn't have to answer to anybody. And I, if my kid got sick, I wanted to be able to just go. And I didn't want to have anybody tell me whether I could or couldn't go. And I looked around and I, I asked the hairstylist what, what it was like. And he told me, and I went, that sounds good. So I went to barber college, actually, not, not even cosmetology, but barber college. And I became a hairstylist and I did that for 14 years, no 14, yeah, about 14 years. And so when I was 31, 30, 31, for the very first time in my whole life, I just went, and, and I actually love my job. So it wasn't that, but I just, went, what do I really want? And it's interesting because I have found it's extremely common. I'm not trying to say it's only people who are in their thirties, but around 30 and around 50, I've seen a pattern where people start rethinking what they're doing. Now, people do that when they're younger, and they do that in the middle and everything. But there's a concentration (laughs) of people at those two ages. And so I started going, what do I really want? And I'd never asked that question before because I'd spent my whole life up until that point jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. I'd never just like looked at where I wanted to go. And so long story short, I I made some decisions. I got my third divorce, which was just insane. But good, good decision on my part. Right around that time was when my brother, some of you have listened to the podcast with Leland Russell, that his brother, uh, he had gone to a Tony Robbins seminar. And just a few days before he called me, I had seen this show, Eye on LA, and he was on there. And they were, talking about the fire walk that was coming up. And I I said, well, at least that big guy's making money. Those people are just stupid. And I changed the channel. And then on Monday, Leland calls me and goes, guess what I did over the weekend? And I go, what? He goes, I went and walked on hot coals. And I went, oh, good grief. You're one of them. You're one of those crazy, stupid people. And now, of course, let's let's also realize that at the time, Leland was living in Bel Air and driving a Jag, and you know, head of a company, and I was a hairstylist in a small town, you know, coming off my third divorce. But he was still my big brother and didn't want to listen to him. Um, but he told me about I had gone back to school. I was in college, and I was studying. I had decided to focus on organizational communication. And he said, "Well, if you really want to learn the state of the art of communication, go check out this book by Tony Robbins and." You know, just because he recommended it, I didn't want to do it. But I finally went, okay, And I read the book and signed up for one of Tony's seminars and ended up going back and going to a longer one. And I ended up convincing Tony to let me cut his hair. And I didn't tell Leland this. He didn't know about it for like a year. And I went, oh, yeah, by the way, I know Tony personally now. (laughs) He's like, what? Anyway, so that's when it's that's how it started, and then just a few years after, like three years later, I became the director of
0: uh, training and head trainer for his company. And so you've been with Tony Robbins ever since, really? Or...
1: well, off and on, because what happened, and the reason I'm so fanatical about the work on strengths that that we'll probably talk about a little bit is that I always had just done work that I loved, and if I didn't like it, I just I just didn't do it. And I was, so I always succeeded when I, when I was doing things. And so I got this job as the director of training and I was deliriously happy. I mean, I was up at night thinking of things and just experimenting and just completely engaged. And as a result, I had amazing results and I got a promotion. I didn't really want the promotion, but I went, well, it's what I should do because this is the next step and dot, da dot, 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 dot. <laughs> Even though I don't really feel that excited about it, I, you know, I need to change how I think about it and all this and use the stuff I know to change how I feel about this. Anyway, four promotions later, I was literally dragging myself to work, starting to feel sick, hating my job. And that, you know, that just doesn't make any sense when you're working for one of the most powerful personal development companies in the world. I just finally went, I don't care. I don't care if I'm completely copping out. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't like my job and I just refuse to do it anymore. And I quit and Tony wasn't very happy with me at the time, but he got over it. And I, it took me a while because what had happened is I had, I had started to buy into this idea that the, you know, the road to success was to change myself and start to make myself like things I didn't like. And I'm not saying we should never do that. I'm just saying that it, it's not usually where people shine. And so it took me a while to get back to what I really enjoyed doing. So I did, a, I started doing training on my own. And then I did consulting projects for for Tony Robbins company during that period Then I just took a complete break and went and lived in Argentina for three years and danced tango. I was 50. Are you good at tango? I'm pretty darn good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And my goal was to be professional level without becoming a professional tango dancer, which is what I did. I stayed there three years. So anyway, I, so I danced tango for about 16 years. So when I came back after that, that's when they had started the coaching department at Tony's company. And so I started doing coaching. It was around that time that I started to explore this whole concept of strengths. And that's when I realized, wow, it all made sense. I, I literally I I don't know how to say this other than I feel like I'd had an epiphany and I felt justified in quitting. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, those weren't my strengths. And and I, I felt free. And then I started to go, look, these things that were my, I, I don't call them weaknesses. I call them non-strengths. These things that were not my strengths, that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. Work around those. But why I was successful up to that point and why I started deteriorating from my success is I got away from it. And I find this with a lot of entrepreneurs because they start their businesses in their strengths, something they're really good at and they start their businesses and then they start getting pulled away from that with all this other stuff. And they lose their joy, they lose their enthusiasm and they're not as good at that other stuff. And so with my entrepreneurs, I'm, I'm constantly guiding them back to their strengths and mm. how to make sure that they team up with other people who have the ones they don't have.
0: Going back when you mentioned and uh, when you turn 30 years of age and you find there is this uh, thing that just happens in your body and it just changes i had the i had the same moment i had similar story in terms of my career progression was i used to change jobs every every 6 months or every year I would get bored. Uh, when I got when I was thirty, I you know I, I even spoke to some friends who were in their thirties, uh, where your career was going really well, but my attitude was almost more mature, and mm-hmm. I almost didn't feel the need to please anyone, and mm-hmm. I had almost that I don't give a f. <laughs> About mm-hmm. anybody yes. else, I'm gonna look after my uh, myself, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. think about myself. I'm gonna focus on myself, and I did come across a book Gallup, which is all about the strength, the Strength mm-hmm. Finder. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you did that. Uh, oh,
1: yeah. I, re- I recommend Strength Finder 2.0 to everyone. Yes, my the course that I created isn't dependent on that book, but I do recommend taking that because it gives people a kickstart to what some of their talents and strengths really might be in yes. a way that they might not have recognized before.
0: And, and I really loved it. The summary that it, mm-hmm. it provided on me was that it said that I am futuristic, strategic, intelligent, activator, which is all the kind of key elements of being an entrepreneur, really, mm-hmm. or being, being someone who has a vision, but also being able to implement that vision is uh-huh. something very uh, powerful. And that's when I go back into my career, all my previous jobs and things that I kind of dabbled in, which I uh, started uh-huh. off in entrepreneurship as well. And I gave up early because it was easy to get a job. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh-huh. I um, pretty much discovered that these strengths, I should really be focusing on my strengths. You know, there was like a switch in my brain. The life was just so much easier. I had clarity and purpose. And yeah, that's why I'm, I'm very excited to be talking to you because, you have a really great um, course that help people actually going, I think you said 21 days you can find your strengths. <laughs>
1: it's 21 days to supercharge your strengths. Oh, to supercharge, <laughs> yes. Right, supercharge your strengths and this, the first week is all about self-discovery. I encourage people to take the Finder 2.0 test just to give them a kickstart. But I also want to make sure that people delve in, like you said, you looked back at jobs you've had before and started putting it together. And I think it's important to also do that in addition to just having like the top five strengths from StrengthsFinder because it gives you more information when you really delve in. So the whole first week is about self-discovery. And the second week then is about growing your talents and strengths, because as far as I'm concerned, it just isn't enough to know what they are. So what if you don't put the if if somebody has a natural if they're naturally athletically inclined, for example, they're not going to become a star player without doing the work. You've got to do the work. So if to me, Tony, I I call a person who's actively engaged in developing their talents and strengths, I call them a strengths hero. And if they're helping other people, all the better to do the same. And I look at people and I see who has... Gotten where they are because they've primarily focused on their strengths. Tony Robbins is absolutely one of those people. He's a strengths hero because he has not gotten to where he is by fixing his weaknesses. I promise you, I know him. He's gotten there because he's taken his natural talents, his natural, I would almost even call it your nature, and he's taken that and grown it and expanded it and learned and gotten skills associated to it. That's how you get there. So you got to do the work. So the second week is about growing your strengths. And then the third week is tips on how to supercharge, how to go beyond. And some of that includes building your team, making sure your beliefs are in line, that your talents and strengths are in line with your goals, those kinds of things. And you don't have to do it over 21 days, but it was catchy to <laughs> to say like 21 days, but it, it's really good. I'm very proud of it because this is something that I use every single day in my work and my coaching, but I hadn't really separated it out as a as a separate thing to talk about. And I just want to foster the conversation about it. Even if people don't do the course, I I, I want people to be thinking about this and supporting other people in doing this because it's where the joy is. Is it okay if I share my favorite quote in the whole world? Oh, yes, please. This is my absolute. Somebody put me on an island and said, you only get to take one quote with you. This would be my quote. And it is, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Howard Thurman. That's what I want. I, I love to see that spark in people when they're tapped into their talents. Yes.
0: I love that quote. Yeah. I'll, I have to, uh, if you can email me, that would be awesome. I have worked with so many business owners, um, now hundreds of business owners since I had my business bumper leads. And I often see them really fall into their comfort zone rather than step out of their comfort zone. Would you say when you work with your clients, do you find that the strength is the comfort zone or is it the non-strength in that scenario?
1: Well, I, I would prefer people to challenge their comfort zone in their strengths, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like go. That's why I'm talking about growing your strengths. Because if you just sit around and go, yeah, I'm good at sports, and you don't go train, you don't go do anything, you don't get anywhere. So I think it, you can be, but the answer to me isn't to go out of your strengths to challenge your comfort zone. This is what most people think. I'm not good at this. So I better go challenge my, if they are thinking about comfort zone, they think, how how do I challenge myself outside my comfort zone in my non-strengths or in my weaknesses? And I would say that's not the place to do it so much. I'm not saying never, because there are times when that's appropriate. But I'd much rather see somebody go, look, here's what I'm, I'm pretty good at sports. I'm comfortable there. I can play on the weekends with my friends, but what if I want to go farther? Then I want to challenge myself in my talents and go, how do I take what I'm good at and go higher than that, go better than that, become greater at that? And so the, the way I think about it is there are three ways to grow your strengths. One is to learn when to use you when to use your talent and when not to use it. There's a, there's a joke that says, if you give a little kid a hammer, everything looks like it needs to be pounded. So sometimes sometimes it's stop pounding. That's literally outside a person's comfort zone. It's like for some people speaking up is outside their comfort zone. For some people shutting up is outside their comfort zone. When to use it. So when you know what it is, you start looking at it. It's like, when does this serve me? And when does it not serve me? So that can take you out of your comfort zone to start making that distinction. The, the next thing is how far to take it. So let's say the context is right. You have a hammer, you have a nail. In the first example, you have a hammer and a screw. You need to know that. That's not the time to be using the hammer. Then, or maybe there is a time to be using your talent or your strength and you haven't been. And that could be outside your comfort zone as well. But start using it. In places that you haven't been, that can be way outside someone's comfort zone. Then the second thing is, what's the context? So if I have the hammer and I have the nail, how far do I take it? Well, that depends on what my goal is, what my outcome is. So, if my goal is to put two pieces of wood together flat, I'm going to take it all the way. If it's to hang a picture, I'm going to leave it out a little bit. So, again, challenging yourself. And then the last one is developing your skills, expanding your skills in your talents. And all of that can take you outside your comfort zone, but the payoff is way higher than doing the same thing in non strengths.
0: You reminded me of uh, my, Leland knows my story. I, I traveled for about a year. And uh, I worked and I traveled and that was me being outside of my comfort zone. It was literally just living my life out of the suitcase. Like, we just packed up, we picked a place to go. We spent 30 days in Thailand. Then we spent two weeks in Vietnam. Then we went to Malaysia for a month. Then we went to Turkey, Istanbul for a month. Then we went to Romania. We just kept changing places. And after about third month, I was, um, my business was growing, but I wasn't prepared. I was enjoying it so much, but I was also, uh, burnt out by that whole, you know, change, constant change movement. I became comfortable with that change. And then I ended up craving coming home and, you know, being, just having a normal routine, being at home. And that would you know be something that makes me happy. But after six months, <laughs> I was thinking about my travel and how much fun I had traveling that I really wanted to go back and travel again. Can I interrupt you for yes. just a
1: second? That doesn't surprise me based on the five things that you said, because that's an example of not knowing when to use it and how much and the kinds of things yes. I was just saying. Yes. Because you were using your talents by the yes. travel. You really were. You just didn't have,
0: you weren't in charge of them. They were in charge of you. Yes, I think so. Now that you mentioned that, that's what mm-hmm. I was reminded. I think mm-hmm. it was the other way around. I um, I let them mm-hmm. be in charge and I needed to find mm-hmm. uh, that peace, you know, being centered again um, and uh, mm-hmm. being home. There were just uh, things that, we're just going through my mind, questioning again. You know, being the thirty-year-old self, mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. redoing everything, your vision board, and everything that you're you stand for, and um, and then going back to my uh, my desire to really be in business was to actually help businesses fall in love with their business, and that's something that I felt that I wasn't doing. Which is really, you know, sharing this podcast, for example, um, and spreading the mm-hmm. message and, and doing uh, pretty much marketing what I actually uh, stand for, and uh, and now I feel so much joy uh, doing what I am supposed to be doing.
1: Well, congratulations <laughs> on that. That's beautiful, and I love I love companies like yours with bumper leads, and because you can offer to entrepreneurs some of the pieces that are not their talents and strengths so that they can stay focused on what theirs are. And that's that part of building your team around you. It's so interesting because in sports, everybody gets this. You don't take the quarterback and try to teach them how to be a kicker. (laughs) You take the quarterback who has a natural talent toward being a quarterback. I'm a terrible (laughs) sports person, but you know, I'll, I'll play with it anyway. And and help them to continue to increase their skills in quarterbacking. Yes. And and you we know that it would be ridiculous to do the re- reverse. Oh, oh, he's you know, he's doing really well in quarterbacking, but he's not a very good kicker. Let's take him over here and teach him how <laughs> to kick. And but in business we do that to ourselves and to our team yes. for especially when people are hiring, we do that to people all the time. Yes. And then wonder why we don't have a motivated excited powerful mm. team cuz we've got people in their non strengths and it's it's demotivating it is, is.
0: cuz you you also work with uh, you you work with a range of businesses you know smaller to really big businesses and helping i guess executives with leadership and you know empowering teams how do you find uh, your kind of the strengths <laughs> strengths playing up and how people can move from you know being that entrepreneur, let's say, to being a big CEO um, level?
1: Well, I think the hardest thing for young, young, and when I say young, I don't necessarily mean age, but I mean new, entrepreneurs, newer, is they're trying to do everything themselves. We're just not good at everything. That's the fact. And even if we can do it, I think that can, what I can do is is like the danger zone because we get caught into what we can do instead of what we're really potentially great at. Now, we may have to grow those skills to be great at it, but we have the potential to be great at that thing. by Honing those skills. So I think the hardest thing for the, the smaller entrepreneur is to really start to build a team mm. around that person. And that just takes time. The second thing I would say is in the larger companies, The bigger problem is making sure that you've got the right people, they're trained properly, and that they really are primarily in their strengths. I I talk about it as the 80-20 rule, that not the typical 80-20 rule, but the strengths 80-20 rule, which is that your 80% of your day is spent in your Mm. talents and strengths and 20%, okay, maybe 30 in non-strengths, the ones that are really important that you have to do and no one else can truly. If you keep that ratio or that balance, you're going to be in pretty good shape. But if it starts to dip below 70%, that's when people just start feeling not, they're not doing as well. They start feeling tired. They're feeling frustrated. And in the larger leadership, with people who have big teams and everything, they get so frustrated with their team because their team's not doing what they're supposed to do. And it's a lot of times because they've just got the wrong mm-hmm. player in the wrong position and mm. they're not trained properly. And so working with my my people instead of, because a lot of leaders have a bit of a tendency to be like, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> and like, yeah, that doesn't really work. <laughs> right? um, I mean, it's there's so much more to yeah. it than just that, obviously, but those are just, broad broad strokes to your <laughs> no that's fine I, uh,
0: I just remember uh, I'm really lucky that my husband uh, works in the business uh, works with me and when I had to basically train him in uh, and become like I guess the manager going from door to the next level mm-hmm. uh, and I had to pass my knowledge I had mm-hmm. such short attention span like I just I would say nasty to my husband <laughs> after three months we became like really good we clicked you know uh he understood what the business was doing Mm -hmm. and what we're trying to achieve me trying to pass that knowledge across to him was just a challenge
1: well it's not it's probably you know again based on the just the five that you mentioned it's probably not your talent not your strength to do that and at the same time that's why when people find a non-strength that is important for them to do in the short term. Hopefully, not as their ongoing job, but just in this short window of time. It's to just go shoot for good enough. Don't shoot for being great at it. Don't even bother with being great at it. Just go look. What do I need to do to be good enough at this to get this get this period? And not be frustrated with yourself or with somebody else and and apologize in advance to other people and go, look, this is not my strength. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so I'm shooting for good enough yeah. here and you need to help me out and and get it done but it still does that's why I'm saying there's some non-strengths that it, for short windows of time there's not someone else to do it so mm-hmm. we do have to do it but we don't no, want to make that no. our job because if we make that our job <laughs> we're going to be miserable do no. it even if we quote unquote succeed we're not going to be happy and I get the, a lot of that with the people who have super success and they're not happy, guess what? Still comes back to this sometimes, if not a lot of yeah, times. Yeah,
0: I agree with that 100%. With the the, uh-huh. the business, my listeners would probably want to know where they can reach you and uh, how they can find you.
1: It's very simple. It's debrarussell.com and I'm sure D-E-B-R-A, it's in there. I'm sure they'll be seeing that, my name. So it's debrarussell.com. I also did create a little page that is six clues to identifying your natural talents and strengths and it's a short video with a worksheet and if they just go to deborahrussell.com
0: forward slash bumper leads oh fantastic yes i will put that in the show notes
1: okay good and that's that's it i'm there available if people want to email me whatever they can message me on the website and i have a blog called strengths Mm -hmm. hero blog And that's really my main message is get out there and further maximize, go after, focus on, enjoy your own talents and strengths, figure out what they are. And but the thing is, we already know them. We just don't know we know them because it's we're talking about this is who you are. You know, you were born, you were born certain ways. I mean, I I don't know if you know uh, do you no, have children? we don't have
0: children. We have a cat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, even with cats, they have their own personalities, right? They all have their own personalities. And if you can take those natural personalities and hone them and get those working for you and get those lined up so that they're taking you where you want to go, that's where that's the, thing. instead of trying to make ourselves over, it makes no sense. It's like, let's bring the best of ourselves out. And so if we're doing that for ourselves and we're doing that for other people, that's what I'm calling a Strengths Hero. And, you know, read the blog, see the things, watch the videos, have some fun with it and uh, keep the conversation so going. Much,
0: Deborah, Thanks for sharing. Uh, I'm, I'm sure our listeners will find the 21 days to supercharge their strengths really helpful in growing their businesses. Thank you so much, Deborah. Thank you. It was fun to
1: meet you. I look forward to uh, staying in touch.